An excerpt from the Book of Promised Poems, written by Azar Tosinia. Poem 324. Breathe out. Breathe in. Add your life to morning fog. Breathe out. Breathe in. Yesterday's wounds are done. Run far, run near, add your laughter to the mid-morning sky. Run far, run near, yesterday's wounds are done. Search high, search low, add your thoughts to the afternoon storm. Search high, search low, yesterday's wounds are done. Sing warm, sing soft. Add your very heart to mine. Sing warm, sing soft. We will mend our wounds as one and finally see this winter done. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role-playing and the rolling. With me tonight is our other host and um, not GM. She's going to be playing Natalie. Wait, what? I'm going to be playing Natalie? No, you're going to be playing. You're going to be a player. Oh, yeah, I am going (laughs) to. <laughs> no, I heard playing Natalie as well. Oh, did I say I that? I can play wrong? Natalie. That's that's easy. God well, damn, this is staying you know, in now. Debatable. Anyway, oh, I'm playing Curiel. <laughs> um, it's a uh, her class is Beast Blooded, which is which is a Dungeon World class. That's um, what what is it called? Uh, is it a homebrewed class, Dane, or is it just like? Yeah, yeah, homebrewed is a good is a good mm-hmm. term for it. Yeah. But I will pass on to, we are also joined by Will. Hi, I'll be playing Roland, a bard, middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about this. I was, uh-huh. I was, I was reading your character, your character information. Yeah. And I think I told Natalie this. I was like, if I was playing this character, it would be the most depressing thing that nobody would ever want to listen to. <laughs> but I firmly and fully trust this character to your hand. Thank you. Well, last time we played Dungeon World, like, the character I played was a classic, like, knight in shining armor, very good-looking, strong, like a leader. So I wanted to play, like, a sort of a balding, insecure, like, kind of burnout failure (laughs) middle-aged guy. (laughs) This makes me so happy. (laughs) And the final voice you're hearing is Olivia, last but not least. I will be playing Atosh Maliolis, and I am a wizard. Also, hi. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't picked up that uh, we're playing Dungeon World from what everybody's been saying, or likely the title of this uh, this this part of the anthology, we're playing Dungeon World, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game uh, by Sage Latora and Adam Cope. It's a fantastic game that I hold very near and dear to my heart. I've played many games with Will and Natalie. This will be my first game with Olivia, and I'm really excited about that. But we're kind of picking up the story of our archipelago and the deep winters. Uh, and uh, do you guys just want to get started? Because 
uh, most of the time when with when we play these games, uh, the the rules are short enough um, that I can just read them all. But uh, Dungeon World is a like three hundred page book, and uh, so I'm not going to do that. So welcome listeners you will pick up the rules uh as you go and uh i think i've said this before or maybe sam said this once uh the rules are just the help for the story you're gonna follow along just fine so do you all want to get started yeah yes oh my gosh we've been trying to play this game forever and we keep we've had to reschedule a few times and i've been like so ready to play for so long (laughs) poor natalie (laughs) poor natalie's been dying that's the classic rpg curse is everyone's on board and then one person is like ah sorry actually i have this or i have that (laughs) i can't i can't do this time anymore yeah no it's totally totally fair so why don't we break the curse uh and go deal with other curses um (laughs) Great segue, Dane. Yeah, Incred- I know. this Whatever. is incredible I, podcasting. It's just amazing. I'm I'm just so good at this. No, um, but anyways, let's get into it. The afternoon sun shines bright, reflected in the cold snow below. Despite its golden glow, the day is fiercely cold, biting deep in your bones. No matter how many layers you have on, the cold finds its way in. Around you are a few scattered pines and slumbering trees with bare branches. For well over a week now, you have followed power lines down from Azar's village, along the half-frozen reservoir to the dam, and then again following the power lines southeast. The snow crunches beneath your feet. There hasn't been any fresh fall in two weeks, and every day a small layer melts then freezes over at night, creating a tough icy crust that's hard to walk in. But walk through this icy landscape you must, because you are members of the winter ranks, these deep winters that have swallowed spring for a decade, and all the destruction that they cause are your enemy. So on you walk, so that others might have a warm and peaceful winter. You have a simple mission. Repair the downed power lines near the control tower too. Make contact with the four conductors who have gone silent, then report to the commanding officer in the West Village. It's been a cold and quiet journey, but it's come to an end at last because off in the distance, you can see said control tower, which appears jutting out of the landscape like a wooden lighthouse connected to the power lines. And standing in the distance, not too far off, you can see the large wires no longer hanging in the sky with icicles adorning them, but fallen to the snow and earth. What do you do? I think, I think that um, Kiriel kind of tries to take the lead here, and and she's like, "Ah, oh, we're finally here. Let's do this." She's like walking like speedily towards it. <laughs> I'm kind of like slowly meandering towards it. Not not. I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess it's time to do this. That's, mm. I think uh, Roland is checking his pocket watch. And he's like, I think, you know, we're already like 10 minutes away from lunch break. We could just sort of, you know, knock off a little early and then make this an afternoon project. Oh, my gosh. Come on, you guys. It's not even going to take that long. We got this. Yeah, I have to second. I have to second. But girl, we should we should probably do this. (laughs) Okay. Roland takes off his pack and starts like taking out some of the gear that they have um, to set it up. (laughs) 
To wait to set up lunch? Uh, wait, no, no. Uh, Atak, you seconded Kiriel, right? Or did you second me for lunch? I, I second Kiriel. Oh, okay, so I'm taking out whatever gear, like tools we have for these down power lines. Yes. So mm-hmm. we can get going. <laughs> when you left Azar's village, they uh, they they gave you re- essentially repair repair kit um, for this situation. Um, as you guys approach, because it's still maybe 200, 300 y- yards off, what do what do Kiriel, Roland, and Atosh look like? Um, and like, what are their pronouns? Um, yeah, just give me a quick description and like paint this picture for me. Atosh is tall and thin and has green suede robes and long curly hair and is wearing a gray, a dark gray beanie and um, has kind of like really patterned eyes. And the pronouns for Atosh are them, they. Do they have like a, a, a staff or like a knife? Like, do they have any like? They have a dagger, uh, a dagger on their left hip. Gotcha. And I assume everybody is like bogged down with like big packs. I do have a backpack on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Roland? What does Roland look like? So Roland is um, setting down his pack to get the get the gear out. He rolls up his sleeves, and he is uh, he probably sticks out the most. From the group, he is older. He's in his forties. He is uh, got a dad bod. He's a little out of shape. He's, um, he takes his winter cap off um, and sort and sort of runs his hand over his thinning hair, his receding hairline, um, and he uh, sort of uh, takes a deep breath and a drink of water because the hike really took it out of him, and he's realizing how out of shape he is. Um, his pronouns are he that or he him, and um, he sort of uh, yeah he's he's medium buildish. He's got some stubble, some facial hair, uh, and he's wearing sort of not like um, ratty clothes at all, but just sort of like well worn traveling clothes. And on his back is strapped uh, a lute that he carries with him everywhere, and a bow as well. And a bow, yes. Gotcha. And what about uh, Kiriel, the uh, self-proclaimed leader? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay. Roland does stick out in a particular way, but Kiriel also sticks out a lot because she is not human. Um, so she's beast blood, uh, which means she was affected by the remnants of the curse from Azar's village um, back when Ledka lived there. And so... Um, she's not a beast proper, but she has it in her blood. And so she's, she's tall. Um, and she's got this gray skin and long white hair that she wears in a high ponytail. Um, and, uh, these really warm, beautiful gold eyes, and then two black horns, like protruding from her forehead, like towards the back of her head. Um, and she's, she's really, really beautiful. She's, extremely uh in shape um but but she's very slender and kind of like lean in her strength yeah and she she's not out of breath at all she's like (laughs) she's like ready to go (laughs) and i'd imagine she's like bending down um examining examining the damage okay so you've walked all the way you guys have walked all the way to the downed power lines got it cool then i 
we'll let you know a little bit about them. So the 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 damage is not it's about 50 yards away from the tower itself which the control tower like i said it's kind of like a it's kind of like a a a a a lighthouse built out of wood um kind of in like if you can imagine sort of like a norwegian style of of architecture and uh, the power lines are these thick wound metal cords as you kind of like take in the situation, like broadly, the situation feels a little off very quickly. Each uh, something all of, you know, at least kind of like vaguely is people are supposed there are there are people who work in these towers. There are supposed to be four of them, you've been told, and it is dead silent. And you know what, Natalie, it kind of sounds to me like you're making a move here. The move I'm thinking of is discern realities, which mm-hmm. when you closely study a situation or person, roll plus wisdom. Uh, and rolling in this case means rolling 2d6 plus your bonus. Uh, on a success, uh, you'll get to ask me a number of questions um, from a list provided below, and you will take plus one forward to your following roll if you act on those answers. Yeah, so I can go ahead and roll that. Oh, eight. Nice. Yeah, I got an eight. So I get one question to ask. Um, What happened here recently? Well, I'll give you a little bit more description then. So I'm I'm imagining Roland and Atosh uh, are over digging through the bag, pulling out the gear. And um, Kiriel is kind of exploring the, the, the situation. Define recently for me real quick. Are you talking last few days, like last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, just broadly speaking, you know. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering like what, what happened, like that these people aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say in the, like, in the sense of like in the last few hours, last few days, not much has happened here. Um, realistically but on, upon like very quick inspection uh, and you can tell this immediately because uh if like snow and like heavy winds had brought the the power lines down there'd be it'd be a little different right like they'd be bowed and the damage would be a little bit broader like to the power to the to the the, the, the telephone poles um these wires have been cut and somebody killed the conductors, the people who work here. And that you find like you, you you're looking at the cut wires and you kind of like look up at the, the glass windows of, um, of, of one of the higher stories of the, of the control tower. And in one of those glass windows is a splatter of red. Ooh. I think, I think Kiriel like turns back to the others and she's like, um, guys, you, you, you're gonna want to see this. Coming. <laughs> I think. Um. I think. Uh. Atosh had just helped Roland. Um. <laughs> put. Uh. His harness on to go. You know how how they wear those harnesses to move up those telephone poles. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh. They walk over to Curiel and Roland is left sort of swinging in his harness, trying to repel back down to walk over. <laughs> no. No. I'm serious. They're. I think there's a body up there. Okay, now I'm 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 really 
weaving Roland if he's not going to come down. <laughs> I promise I'm coming. You know what? Uh, yeah, you, you just go over there and uh, I'll um, I'll try and figure this out. I'll try and jimmy the harness loose. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I- good luck. <laughs> Eventually, Roland does get down and he joins the, the others. Yeah. So, what are you guys? What are you guys doing uh, besides staring at a blood splattered window and pu- cut power lines? So, I, I think Kiria's like already running up towards the body, like going to examine it. Oh, so you're gonna oh, go? Wow. You're going. You're running to the tower. No further. No further investigation. Just gonna like throw that door open and and get in there. Uh, probably, unless someone stops me, because, you know, Kiriel, she's very strong, she's very physically built, she's smart, you know, she's charismatic, but she's also very new to this kind of thing, and, you know, and she's, I forgot to mention, she's 20 years old, so she's really young, and maybe a little bit more impulsive than the others, (laughs) and kind of just eager to get into things, (laughs) so, you can stop me, but... Can I roll a can Natasha roll a wisdom check? Can can I use discern realities here? Um yes. Uh what I will say is a, f- a thing about Dungeon World um I should say is if you want to do something, just start describing your character doing it. Uh, so okay. if you're if you're if Atosh is like looking around trying to get a better lay of the situation, just describe it and then we'll totally roll to certain realities. The best way to play this game is to talk about what you're doing and then find whatever move best fits it. Okay, thanks guys. Close use to D and D. Yeah, it's a little it's a little backward. It's like D and D is flipped. Like D and D is like. We'll say the thing we're going to do, and then uh, we'll say what happened afterwards. Uh, best to do it the other way with this game, just because um, that's how the developers um, made it. So this is so what Atosh is doing is happening simultaneously as um, Kiriel is running towards the door. Um, so yes, uh, roll discern realities on your character sheet. Come here. I don't know if it wants to go. Oh, you made yep, two. It oh. went. Oh, Got yeah. Eight. One of which uh, was much, was really good. Oh, whoa, you, you did a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> um, why don't we take, why don't we take the, the, we'll just take the best one because why not? Um, so you rolled a 13, um, which is about as good as you can do. Yeah, that's, you rolled double sixes. So you get to ask three questions from the list below. And that list is, what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? And what here is not what it appears to be? So you get to ask three from those. Okay. Um, And we'll do them one at a time. What should I be aware of? You should be on the the lookout for uh, the, the, the tracks in the snow. So because it hasn't, um, no new snow has fallen, but it hasn't all melted away, uh, there are some really deep um, footprints uh, around the cut power lines and leading away from the tower. So that's something you should definitely be on the lookout for. Okay. What here is not as it appears to be? Um, You are not 100% sure why, but like you have like a magical, like for lack of a better term, almost like a spidey sense. Um, whatever's going on with like the tower is not as like abandoned and safe as it appears. Um, you're not exactly sure the nature of those things. You might need to like 
use your own magic to find out like the deeper nature of that but something is wrong there um deeply wrong okay and who's really in control here hmm that's a really big question um <laughs> uh on the one hand uh you guys you three are really in the in control of the situation like what happens next uh is determined by you but the whole situation is been put into place uh by whoever has left the footprints okay thank yeah. you yeah of course um you were kind of investigating while uh kiriel is off uh about to open the door that atosh now knows is not safe uh <laughs> so the only person who could do anything else in this situation before that happens is uh roland roland <laughs> i want to check in with you what's going on uh, yeah curiel i hate to um pull seniority here but uh <laughs> I have been working on those power lines for about 10 minutes, which does mean it is lunch. So if we want to look in on any corpses, that's going to be uh, on company time, not on my personal time. Roland, someone died. Exactly. They're Your not dying. Here's the thing. The employee manual of the winter ranks seasonal maintenance crew clearly states in subsection two, that a lunch break is the longest break of the day. So I do not want to cut into that break. Atosh, will you come with me? I think we might want to tackle this all together. So maybe we should just eat with Roland or let (laughs) Roland eat. (laughs) You're you're both going to just stand there and watch me eat until... I'm imagining like a silent scene where there's like in the background there's like blood splatter and like Atosh and Cariel are like sitting there quietly with their arms crossed and Roland is just like slowly eating his pasta salad or whatever. Yes. <laughs> just loudly crunching an individual chip one by one. <laughs> um, are Cariel and Atosh doing anything during lunch break? Um or do we just get that shot of, of the three of them just like awkwardly having lunch? I might be measuring. I might be like wandering around and like looking at the footprints a little bit closer. And like, I might have a bag of chips in my hand and just kind of be like, just like, you know, munching on them casually, but like also just taking in the situation and like wondering, you know, like, but silently to myself kind of while he eats. Are you doing, are you using any magic to investigate this or just um, kind of taking a, taking another stab at the whole situation? I could use some magic, um, but I'm not sure if I want to yet. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, Why don't you roll? I guess the question is, what are you trying to learn? Are you trying to learn more about the situation or are you trying to uh, determine what these footprints might be or a number of them or um probably a little bit of both of those things but maybe like i imagine that i have like a very small like tape measure or something and i'm trying to figure out who might have what might have left this footprint um so that would probably go that's that's a that's a discern realities yeah so why don't you roll a second one of those okay maybe only one this time (laughs) all right (laughs) If I just click it, it should go right. 
Yeah. Click it once. Did it go? Um, I, I do not see. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, there it, it is. Like it there it is. Eight. Right. Or 12. A 12. Yeah, you get three more questions. Okay. So... So this is so this is dis- distinctly about the the footprints situation. Mm-hmm. So what I'll tell you right off the bat is humans made this and probably somewhere between three and five. Um, as they left, they seemed to try and cloak their tracks and they're heading out in a ooh, let me double check. I think it's a north. Hang on. I swear I know this. Yes, a northwest, northwesterly direction. Um, so you get three questions to kind of delve in deeper here. I really want to know what their motives were, but I don't know if I can ask. I mean, I want to know like if if what their alignment is. Like, I want to know if they're friends. Um, I think that falls under what you should be on the lookout for. So what should? Yeah, that's fair. You should be on the lookout for the fact that they clearly cut the power. Like you can, you're following like the whole trail. Mm -hmm. They start at the power lines, whoever this is, they cut the power lines and then they go into, they go towards the tower and they seem to, there seems to have been a fight or a scuffle, which you find little specks of blood on the ground. And then they drag something inside, maybe a body. Okay. So I probably should be on the lookout for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, not friendly. Like, these people kill people. Cool. So I just kind of, I hold I, on my, my my right hand kind of, like, reaches for my dagger. And on my left hip. And I'm kind of just, like, take a really deep breath. And uh, hmm, I feel a little bit, like, more intrigued and yet also withdrawn from the situation. I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to step back. And look at this closer. So you have two more. Uh, Atosh, they have two more questions. Okay. Uh, can you? I'm so sorry. I gave up on keeping up with all the questions that I could be asking. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, is there danger that you, is present? You could ask, oh, sorry. Oh, you wait. could ask uh, what is about to happen and maybe that might. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Thank you. What is about to happen? Nothing if you don't go into the tower, but in the same hand, you also get the feeling that if you were to tarry too long here, the, whoever these footprints people, they've already had a huge head start. Mm. Um, so they may get away, but in the immediate moment, nothing. Not unless you, you go into the tower. Something's up with the tower. And my last question would be, there, ma- like, is, is magic needed here? That probably falls under what here is useful or valuable to me. Oh, there and we yes, go. Thank you. <laughs> your okay. your your magic, probably detect magic would be particularly helpful here. Okay. For sure. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um okay. Curiel, uh, uh Roland, is is lunch over? I was about to say, okay, <laughs> lunch is over. I'm brushing the crumbs off. I'm like, Curiel, if this is important to you, even though I think maybe we should just head back and report it, and then we probably get the day off, but that's pretty far away, so let's go into the lighthouse and uh, we can check out whatever this is. I think Curiel like offers him like a handkerchief to wipe his mouth with, <laughs> and, 
And then Cole's boss is, yeah, like, looking around. I think that Curiel actually, like, did, like, sit and eat. Like, she, like, sat with Roland while he ate. Because, she, like, she she was trying to be, like, polite and respectful. And she's also very devout to his czar. So I think it feels, like, really disrespectful to, like, not sit and eat with someone. <laughs> so <laughs> she's just been, like, waiting. <laughs> She's and, definitely and, a twenty-year-old girl. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> and Roland really took his sweet time. I mean, he was really laid everything out, ate it slowly, packed it all back up, one chip at a time for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's ready. Should we? Um, should we try and practice some sort of stealth when we go in? We might get a plus one forward if we act on the information that not all is as it seems. Mm-hmm. I mean, can, can I, I would like to make, if, if Curiel, I'm so sorry, if Curiel is really excited and wants to take a step in here, I would like to make her invisible. I don't know if that's Ooh. helpful. I Go mean, right ahead. Curiel would be stoked about that. Okay. So I just kind of, I, I touch her <laughs> on her, like on both of her shoulders and then on the top of her head and, um. I say something like, you may only know what you can see and what others cannot. And then she becomes invisible. All right. Roll cast a spell. Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, you rolled a five. Oh, that's awful. Okay. okay. So, yes. Um, <laughs> so You're very on- visible. No. <laughs> yeah. So Too on extremely. a on a six or less, uh, that is a complete failure. Oh, okay. Uh, and what that means is <laughs> I get to make a move as hard as I want as the GM. Oh. So you have handed me uh, narrative power for a second here, but on the upside, you do get to mark one XP. Uh, so if you'll go up, to, you can go right ahead on your character sheet and change your XP from zero to one. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's like a consolation prize this game does. It's like, hey, you fucked up, but uh, here, have some, some have some learning. You've learned from your you've learned from your mistake. Can I take contempt um, for that or <laughs> just just saying? Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so here's what I'll here's what I'll say, uh, Natalie, Kiriel, Atosh, the spell works just fine. You're totally oh, no. invisible. I hate Kiriel just completely disappears um, from your view, and you're good to go. Just perfect. You're perfectly safe to go oh, wow. inside the uh, inside the tower. That's fantastic. Totally Looks like you. there was no negative side effect at all. That's great. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> wow, Atosh, this is so cool. And I think. Um, I think Kiriel's just gonna go in with confidence uh, to this tower. Now so, keep so. quiet when you go in because you don't want to raise an alarm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So as Kiriel opens the door, there is a deep gonging sound oh. uh, followed by like a deep purple light that emanates like they're like the the tower is it's circular roughly um and there's like a glow 
of a strange arcane pattern, this strange magic circle that surrounds the entirety of, of this building. And there's a feeling of um, rot and decay. Um, but that's it. That's that's all that happens. Uh, there's there is uh, Curiel. There is the sound of some motion um, in the tower now. As you kind of enter this ground floor of the tower, which is it's it's clearly kind of like a like a like a mud room, a like a supply closet, and like bathroom shower area, like all bundled into one. Um, and there are stairs leading up. What do you what do you guys do? Because you can all see this. This is like a spell goes off, basically. I think like Curiel like kind of runs back to them and goes, So I may have triggered an alarm. Can I aid or interfere? I'm gonna yeah, okay. I'm gonna roll. Um What is a Tosh? What does it toss to you? What do what is tell me what what people do as the spell goes off and Curiel, who's still invisible, mind you, like runs back making like footprints in the snow and then like says what she says, um, but you still can't see her. I can I can I interject? Absolutely. Yeah. Um I think I'm like, okay, all right, folks. Normally these things have an on-off switch inside when the alarm goes off, so I'll look for it. I'll take care of it. And Roland just rolls up his Ro- sleeves and walks into the Roland. Roland, uh, wait, I, I, I heard, mo- I heard movement. <laughs> be, be careful. We should all go with Roland. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. We got to tag team this at some point because there is movement, and that just sounds sketchy, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine we're all kind of like walking in together now, right? Like yeah. trying to figure out how to turn this alarm off. Yeah, I think Roland is sort of exasperated. So he's like, oh, just an alarm. So he's kind of walking casually. And the two of you are sort of trying to sneak and tiptoe behind him. So you guys enter and Roland, you're doing this like, whole, it's fine. Don't worry about it. No big deal. <laughs> uh-huh. And then there's like two people sort of like stumble down the steps, but they've got huge gaping wounds in them. Oh. And their eyes are glowing this like dark purple, like the spell. And they like turn to look at you with like slack jawed expressions. Um, Kiriel would definitely leap into action here. Like in terms of attacking them. Uh huh. So, so wait, t- describe this to me. Cause you're still invisible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so she's invisible and I think what she's going for at least, um, is to knock each of them out, like by punching them because <laughs> she's, she's real strong. Oh, you're trying to incapacitate these people. Yeah. Like, okay. Curiel is very, she's always very like prepared for an attack or a threat unfortunately because beast blooded people get attacked a lot because of bias and so she's been training in self-defense her entire life and she is very prepared for this type of thing Mm, mm. so you're invisible so i'll let this just ride just so you know once you do you interact with somebody like this like you are suddenly visible again um okay (laughs) it breaks the spell she probably uh, so doesn't you, know that, though. Yeah, so you strike the closest one who... Uh, 
and like it should knock them out. You've done this before. Uh, you're you've trained in self defense, and you were invisible, so they didn't get a chance to defend themselves. But they don't lose consciousness. Like they just don't. They don't even react properly. Like they don't cry out in pain. They don't anything, and they just like you become visible, and they turn and raise their 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 arms to strike you. Yeah, I think I think Cariel's really thrown off guard for a second. Um, you can kind of like see the confidence fade from her face and kind of <laughs> a little bit of panic happening. So if either of you two wanna, yeah, well, I, I feel like uh, Roland was just so it's if it's like a lighthouse, uh, Dane, it's sort of just a big spiral staircase that's sort of leading up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the outside, you probably guess that there, like, there's also a door down here that clearly leads down to like a cellar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you guess that there are probably about two more floors above you. Okay. This thing like sticks like maybe 50, 60 feet in the sky. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Roland is a little taken aback because he thought he was in the front. And then the shocking <laughs> image of these weird, like wounded people with purple eyes, like staggering down. And then all of a sudden, Kirill becomes visible and just pu- full force, like jaw punches one of them in the, in the face. Um, and then it just like, yeah, it keeps staggering and teetering. So I think I'm going to just take Kirill's lead there. Because in a in a world like this, I think um, there's kind of danger everywhere, even if you live in a city. So you're sort of prepared to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, Roland reaches for uh, his bow and and pulls back an arrow. Can I make a, an attack? Yeah, totally. Uh, make a volley. Are you doing the one that? Are you attacking the one that Kirill just struck or the other? Uh, I'll shoot at the other one actually. Okay. Cool. 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 So I'll do that. That's 2d6 plus your dex, which is a plus two? Uh, my plus dex one. is a plus one. Yeah, charisma is my plus two. So that's a seven. Okay. Uh, so on a seven to nine, which is kind of a mixed result, you get to deal your damage and choose one. You have to move to get the shot, placing you in danger of the GM's choice. You have to take what you can get, uh, minus 1d6 damage, or you have to take several shots, reducing your ammo by one. Um, I think because uh, we're in sort of this cramped uh, stairwell, even though there, we have a little bit of room, I think mm-hmm. I have to move to get the shot. Uh, so I have to kind of like step up and I get a little closer to the one I'm not shooting at while mm-hmm. I'm shooting at the other one. Okay. Uh, why don't you deal your damage then? Sweet. And we'll get to the consequences in a yeah, second. Yeah, let's roll some damage die. Where would I... Where am I um, so on your character sheet, you can just you can just click your damage. You oh, sweet. Okay. Here we go. Two. Are you using your arrows, your special arrows? Uh, I think I'm just using a, a normal. I could try the special one. Would that add some damage? It would uh, reduce armor. It would produce. It, they pierce, so they like okay. cut through these these things. Armor. Yeah. You know what? Why not? Let's let's go all out for the first uh, attack. Yeah. All right. So you deal how much damage? Um, with so the two plus the two piercing. Okay. So their armor doesn't matter at all. Okay. And you you cut into one, and that actually seems to register. Your arrow hits, and it's like, oh, okay, something's happening here. Um, like, a lethal strike seems to do something because, like, mm-hmm. when you're volleying, you're shooting to kill. You're not yeah, here yeah. to like, like what what uh, Kiriel was doing. Um, before we get to what these things are doing, uh, Atosh, do you want to do anything? Uh, as you're kind of watching. <laughs> 
I'm I'm not convinced that we're attacking the right people. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I am going to. On I'm gonna probably withdraw and like I imagine myself kind of like hiding behind the wall of the staircase, mm-hmm. and potentially rolling discerning discern realities. Um, do you want to? Um, or you could cast a. a- Detect magic? Do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. Cause I'm curious. I'm curious that there's like magic that's been put on these people that is not actually. It's like shooting the messenger. Is my vibe that I'm feeling here. Oh, um, and I agree <laughs> that like we don't actually know what we're doing, but I also don't want to make that worse if we don't need to kill these people. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. Um, which I love that it's it's in the middle of both of my other my other teammates um so yeah maybe let's do a detect magic i'll roll that Um, so yeah i roll cast a spell and what does this one look like because it it, you kind of like chanted a thing um to kiriel to make her invisible is there like a chant associated with this one yeah and um gonna say uh magic magic if you're here let me know or let oh goodness guys i lost it it's gone <laughs> um i am very impressed <laughs> what <laughs> i'm very i'm yeah, just very like, impressed they're improvising these yeah, you're <laughs> just doing I'm, it at all yeah. i'm completely <laughs> improvising this um yeah like magic magic um if you're here let it's kind of like maybe um, if if it's letting me know if it's here, some like I feel like I kind of hold up my finger and I like I mm-hmm. lick my finger, the, my right index finger, and I like put it in the air and I kind of nice. feel like where like if it blo- like if there's like a certain energy, like I just kind of feel that like it's moving in a way. And then if it's not there, then so magic magic, <laughs> if you're here. Um, tickle my fingers and my ears. <laughs> love it. Okay, roll that. Roll that. Roll. Cast a spell. I love that Atosh is saying that. Well, like, we're like Roland's over here more. shooting a person yeah. and <laughs> grappling with one of these, locked in a wrestling match. Um. Let's where I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Cast this spell. Let's good. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, and you're taking plus one forward uh, for acting on your discern realities from earlier. So that's a ten. So you just cast your spell. Um, do you want to click on? If you go to sub, uh, you can click on um, detect magic, so we can see what your spell does specifically. Mm-hmm. And we're getting closer. Detect magic. There we are. So one of your senses is briefly attuned to magic. The GM will tell you what here is magical. Um, what sense are you? Oh, well, I did say um, fingers or ears, so maybe my maybe I hear something? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can hear that like that gonging sound returns. And the magic, there's this there's been a magical circle, um, a ritual placed upon the tower. And you can hear like fell chanting, dark words being being turned into magic. These aren't people anymore, Atosh, you're certain. They've been, what's been placed is like a protection 
a dark protection spell to let whoever cast it know that somebody's checked in on this tower and to defend it uh, has reanimated the corpses that they left behind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so like uh... necromancy has been done here. Um, these people can't their 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 bodies are being used against their will after their passing to try and harm you guys. Um, speaking of, uh, they're going to they are they are Kiriel and Roland. You're both in danger now, and you can hear further motion of others approaching from up the stairs. Um, down, coming down towards you. Um, you are, they are getting up in your face and are going to try and do uh, lethal uh, attacks to you guys now, unless you guys take some action first. What are Kiriel and or Roland doing? Can I hack and slash? You absolutely may. What does that okay. look like? So I think Kiriel has uh, regained her senses. Um... And now she's like kind of pissed because she's she's not really used to her strength not having an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think this looks like her just like running towards them with like a roundhouse kick kind of a thing, <laughs> like really kind of over the top like attack. Um, and she's mm-hmm. gonna try to get one and then the other, but we'll focus on like the first one. Um, so, okay, let's see. So you're rolling plus strength. Ten. Nice. Okay. So you get to deal your damage. Um, so when you attack an enemy in melee, melee, roll plus strength, you got a ten. So on a ten, you deal your damage to the enemy and avoid their attack. At your option, you may choose to do plus 1d6 damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. No, let's just deal the damage for now. Okay. And this is the one you struck before, yes? Yeah. Okay. Two damage. Okay. Two damage. Dang. All right. We're, we're rolling low so far on damage. Yep. That's okay. They're not getting back. Roland, what's going on? Um. So, well, how did this, uh, for lack of a better word, zombie react to my uh, arrow through its shoulder or whatever? Uh, there was a horrible crunching noise, and then its eyes like just like turned to you. Uh-huh. Uh, and it like closed the gap so that you. Oh. It is too close to you to be like for you to like take the time to grab another arrow Uh and pull back like it'll hit you okay so you got to do something else here sweet um i have a short sword as part of my gear okay the bard so maybe i'll try a hack and slash even though that's probably my worst um stat okay what is your what is your bonus to strength minus Uh, minus minus one one, yeah okay so you're rolling 2d6 minus Mm -hmm. one okay let me let me see it let me let's do it Oh, there it is. Yeah. Roll the six. Mark XP. Cool. All right. Um, there we go. <laughs> uh, so this one, the one that's got the arrow in you, you as you're like trying to like get your sword out, like it gets caught, like mm-hmm. in your belt, like you're like you're like <laughs> struggling with it, and um, this one is you realize missing its left arm. Oh. Like it's been cut off like halfway, um, down the forearm, mm-hmm. uh, and like it doesn't even matter. It tries to like scrape your face Ooh, with like the exposed um, gross. the exposed bone yeah gross and that means it's gonna deal 1d6 damage to you okay 
That'll be three before your armor. There we go. Okay, well then I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. Ooh, you've got a lot of armor. Does that mean yeah, like you I get do. your like your your shield, the shield that your kids uh, gave you, out I, at like the last second? Yeah, I like to think maybe my shield is strapped to my back. Mm-hmm. But when the when the sword was caught in my scabbard, the force <laughs> of me pulling but it not going spun me in a circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I bonked my head on the wall of the lighthouse, but then the the zombie grabbed and like hit my back where the shield was stripped. Nice. Okay. Um, I'm going to come back to Atosh here. What are you doing now that you are fully aware of the situation? Um, well, I think I want to help them. I have a mm-hmm. dagger. Um, you do. I step in. I, I stop hiding. Yes. And I step in closer. And I imagine that I'm kind of... Um, by oh, I cannot Curio? Curio, yep <laughs> I'm by her and um, sorry love and uh, I am can I do it like a hack and slash? that's a basic yeah you're just gonna like stab this you're gonna stab this this undead in the back yes with the um, with my right hand and like yes just stab yep mm-hmm. So alright roll a hack and slash I can't aid, right? Because we don't technically have a bond yet. You can, but you'll be rolling plus nothing. Mm, okay. Can I aid on that one? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. yeah, why don't you roll your aid first, and then we'll see. Because if, if Natalie succeeds on her aid, Atosh will get an additional plus one. Okay. Yeah, because I think Kiriel, like, sees Atosh, like, coming out from behind with, like, a little dagger, and she's like... <laughs> She's like thinking to herself, like, okay, I just punched this thing and roundhouse kicked it and nothing really happened. Like, I'm gonna help here. <laughs> and so eleven. Okay. Eleven. So yeah. when you help or hinder someone, you have um roll plus the number of bonds you have with them. In this case it's zero. So you Natalie rolled an eleven, which means they take a plus one or a minus two, your choice. Plus one. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so appreciated. Um, roll your plus, your roll your hack and slash, uh, Olivia, and we'll add one on top of that. Whatever happens. Oh dang! Oh wow! <laughs> wow! You just rolled two sixes, so that's a thirteen total. Okay. So you get to deal your damage to the enemy and avoid their attack. At Ooh. your option, you may choose plus one d six damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. So something um, for new listeners, people new to Dungeon World, uh, the amount of damage characters deal is based upon their class with the idea that like no matter what, a dagger is very deadly in the hands of a fighter and just not that deadly in the hands of a bard, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. So Natalie's damage die is a D8 um, as the beast. Uh, Will's damage dice, uh, I should say Roland's damage dice is a, a D6, correct, Will? Yep, that's, that's right. And... And the wizard's damage die is a d4. (laughs) So roll your damage here. Uh, Is it going to go? Yep, there it is. Oh, no. Okay, I have a question. Do you want to open yourself up to the attack to deal an additional d6? At this point, yeah. Okay, cool. So um, I'll just get that for you. 
Um, <laughs> for future reference, if you need to make a die roll that is just kind of like random, slash R, um, and then 1d6 or whatever you need on top of that. Uh, okay, cool. So I'll just do that for you. So that's a grand total of four damage from Atosh. Um, let's see how that does. Okay. So you have made some serious headway into this thing. There's like a really bad crunching noise. I won't get into it any further. Mm-hmm. Um, as you as you get it in the back. Uh, but as it do- as that happens, it immediately, like, in a way, in a it turns and bends in a way that a living person cannot because pain um, and straight up backhands you. <sighs> I'm offended. Um, oh, jeez. Take five damage before your armor. Oh. No. <laughs> How many hit points does Atosh have? 16. Mm, that's a good question. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> How much armor do you have? Uh... <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. If I have armor, would have been see. in your gear. Let me see here. Uh, it's right above your hit points on your character sheet. Armor zero. zero. Okay, so you're at eleven out of sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So you just get like, <laughs> yeah, big old shiner, big old shiner on your cheek there. So much okay. for trying to help out. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. I, Atosh, they did great damage. They did they did quite oh, nice. well. Nice. Yeah. But uh yikes. Kiriel, do you want to follow up here? After seeing this thing yeah. like just knock poor Atosh to like the <laughs> ground. Yes. Um I think first and foremost, Kiriel like like swoops Atosh up in her arms, <laughs> like quickly. And gets them out of the way so that they don't get like beaten up again. And then mm, that sounds like a defy like... danger to me. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So I will read defy danger real fast for you, which is somewhere. It just okay. says when you act despite an imminent threat or suffer a calamity. So I guess... Ah, yes. Say how you deal with it and roll. Um, if you do okay. it by powering through, it's plus strength. By getting out of the way or acting fast, it's plus dex by uh, enduring its constitution with quick thinking, its intelligence, mental fortitude is wisdom, and using charm and social grace is charisma. It sounds to me like this is acting fast yeah. and getting out of the, You're trying to get um, a Tosh out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is plus dex, if you ask me. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, I got a seven, so I stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. Mm, okay, here's the ugly choice. Uh, one of you is going to get hit here on the way out. Who's it going to be? Me. Okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, so sure. one of the so the one that you've been dealing with this whole time, as you scoop, as you swoop, sweet Atosh up um, into your arms, Kiriel scrapes you in the back. That'll be four damage before your armor. And I have two armor, so it's two damage. Mm, okay. Alright. Yeah, no, uh, you guys just, uh, go on ahead. I think Roland says that as he's, like, on his knees, his cheek, like, pressed awkwardly <laughs> against the wall of the lighthouse and his zombies, like, raining blows down on him. <laughs> and all he sees out of the corner of his eye is a Tosh and Curiel like running down the stairs away. 
Thank you.